everybody. This is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Thank you. Good morning. It's Monday. If you're listening when you're supposed to, or we got it out on time this week. Hey, guess who's across from me? Two weeks in a row. It's Cy Amundsen. Who knows? I'm. I might keep doing it every week. This is. It's a, it's a starting of a new streak. It's great to see you again. And uh, I had a first happen to me just a little bit ago. It was that our producer, Guac Dog, yelled at me for drinking uh, stuff with ice in it. Yeah, because it, he could hear it in his edit. And can I be honest with you? All he well, does is tirelessly go through the audio and make it sound like we're in the same room together. Get fucking over it, Eric. It's just ice grow up oh what did you just have a baby and you're not sleeping enough and you have a bunch of podcasts to deal with and one of one of the hosts refused to drink ice away from the microphone yeah it's what i do i'm the talent you bitch oh my god get used to it but guess what i got a glass of water with no ice that was my coffee this is my water and so listen Nice. Every time, That's every very, time I'm going to exhale like that. I think that was very, I think you and I handled this very big. This was very big of us. We handled I it agree. very big. I can't remember the last time I handled something not big. I agree with that. This might be my, uh, you know, you were, you said two weeks in a row. Uh, this yeah. might just be the end of the run because. Uh, Although je- we've come <laughs> to the end of the road. I'm that ready. was really good. Jenna's probably going to bury me in the backyard. I <laughs> I almost – oh, by the way, my dad uh, is a wonderful man, but he doesn't like dark humor at all. And sure. my health when I was missing was pretty rough. Yeah. And I was talking to him. I told my dad that uh, if I do pass that I want him to bury me in their backyard by the dogs, which I thought was <laughs> – really funny and it's the least funny thing he has ever heard and he was so fucking mad about it he couldn't handle it i'm gonna tell you this if he buries you in the backyard by the dogs and a red fern doesn't grow i'm gonna steal you and bring you to an actual pet cemetery to get evil sigh as my new co-host can you imagine i just think it'd be funny like i just think it would be so funny because you know when 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 somebody sometimes people are really inquisitive about services if somebody passes away where they're like oh, i'm so sorry about your son you know uh, how was the service like is he buried next to family to have my dad have to be like oh well, actually you know he's buried next to pudge and champ and cleat by the <laughs> by the oak tree <laughs> Sounds like an offensive line for a football team. Yeah, yeah right there. That's Pudge's shoebox. Next to him, Cleet is in a, he is in a potato sack, and that's Cy, and then next to him is Champ. Uh, no, uh, the reason I said that is because I got to, like, a snapping point in the quarantine. No. Yes, and I know, oh, I know, I've, okay. I know I've been there a lot, but Jen and I have been getting along incredibly, I think, compared to most couples. And I hate that. So, but the other night, so we, because we live with my brother and he's a healthcare worker and because of my health shit, I am at risk. We have quarantined into the basement of the house. So we built a little kitchen down here, but it doesn't have all the normal house shit, you know, uh, a vent system, right? Oh yeah. 
So Jenna's cooking dinner one night because we'll eat together, but we usually cook separate foods. Mm-hmm. And so she throws some chicken that's been in the fridge for a while, some raw chicken on into the fry pan and walks off to do something else. And she's going to come back. Uh, it takes me about 12 seconds to realize it is maybe the most rotten chicken that's ever existed. Oh, no. It smells. It is it is awful. Are you sure it wasn't tuna? I think that before this chicken went rotten, somebody might have, like, rolled it around in some tuna. But it is (laughs) horrific. So Jenna comes back. She also notices that it's horrific. I'm like, I have to – I have a really sensitive nose because I'm a bitch. So I'm like, I have to step – and also, having that great sniffer, another reason I should be in the ground next to those dogs. We're a pack. We sniff together. We run together. I get it now. So – I got to I got to step out, throw this away. I got to step out. I step out to make a phone call. Uh, I assume she threw the chicken out, then took the trash out, then set that trash on fire. That's what the (laughs) smell warranted. Who did you call, by the way, an assassin? (laughs) Yeah, I just I just (laughs) I actually called Joel, who because we used to cook together. And, uh, you know, when you cook every once in a while, you can run across some rotten food and some smells. Sure. And so we used to have, a, we had like a, a list of the top five worst. Hey, you remember when we opened the deck bar that summer and we found that raccoon in there? Like that sort of shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. No health code violations. Joel and I, that was allegedly, <laughs> we allegedly found a raccoon. So I come back in and Jenna is now cooking a new dinner. And she has chosen salmon burgers, which means that she thought she should tack fish smell on top of rotten chicken. Makes sense. And I am furious. I recognize it immediately. I like, hey, what are you cooking there? And she's like, salmon. I'm like, was that a good idea? And she just, it just goes right over her head. So I'm like, yeah. I'm going to. To the Texas Hold'em listener, uh, players that are listening, we call that a re-raise. I recognized my desire to fight with her. So I was like, go on a walk. I know you just made a phone call. Go on a walk. I go on a 20-minute walk. I come Uh back, and she is now sitting on the couch eating dinner. But here's the catch, Chad. It's not a salmon burger. She is eating a burrito with beans and rice. (laughs) I literally looked at her. I was like, hey, what in the fuck is that? And she goes, well, I finished making the salmon burgers, and they didn't seem appetizing. So I'm just going to eat those tomorrow, and I'm going to eat a burrito tonight. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't even respond. I didn't say a word. So your idea was to tack burrito stink on top of salmon stink on top of rotten chicken. I literally just went in the room, my bedroom, Put a towel down across the door like when somebody wants to illegally smoke a cigarette in a hotel room. Just like (laughs) sat there, watched TV, and Googled irreconcilable differences. I was so angry, and I've held it. I've held it, and I brought it to you, my friend and therapist. But I've held that in this whole time. And I know I have a sensitive nose. I get it. But that was fucking ridiculous. Uh, I read an article that said uh, top five marriage killers. Number one, holding it in. Number two, holding it in. (laughs) They're all holding it in. I can't believe you just went in your room and Googled stuff. Uh, It's very funny to me, though, 
to make chicken and then a salmon, all very healthy options. But I also, I understand that like I have a really sensitive nose and I react really. Sure. And so I know not to overreact. Like it smells bother me. But this, I got to tell you, the combo burrito fish rotten chicken smell is, I mean, that's going to go on my all time list. It's right up there with what I am convinced is the worst smell in the world. When somebody takes a shit and then showers with a flowery shampoo immediately <laughs> afterwards, it's like you, there should be a rule in houses. If you have to shit and shower consecutively, different bathrooms. That, it always makes me miss my grandparents because I feel like Sunday, every Sunday I was there, it was always they'd wake up before church, poop, do a little spray, and then we'd have to brush our teeth in it. <laughs> always fantastic it's just like hey are you gagging because you're brushing your tongue it's like i don't know what did you shit what did you shit out a salmon burger with rotten chicken you know i have had uh, the opposite food situation going on at the cabin i have uh, okay. guests up from chicago oh nice and i made ribs for the first time last night on my new smoker for the first time in your and, life or on the new yeah. smoker First time in my life. I never Ooh. I never have made ribs. And they were, uh, man, they were good. Just accidentally. I don't do anything. I just push a button, and that's it. So I'm not taking You're credit really for it. You're really becoming a big-time cabin guy. Paddle boards, oh, ribs. Shit. Next thing you know, you'll have a bucket hat with lures attached to it. Already have it. I what do you mean, it. next thing? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I bought a griddle grill. Oh, so, good. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm making burgers, flipping burgers, doing some uh, grilled onions and mushrooms in one corner, flipping burgers, browning the buns. I used to work at a place called Dairyland in high school, and they had a big griddle like that. And I ordered off of Amazon paper cooking hats because I'm going to just start doing it. Now, I will tell you, my friend. Can I ask you uh, a question before you keep going? Of course. So you worked at a place called Dairyland. Correct. It was an old drive-in uh, or drive. I don't know what you call it. Drive through, I suppose it would be where they had the carports where people used to like re- they would wear roller skates out. It was like the Fred Flintstone thing when they put the rack of yep. ribs on the car. Mm-hmm. It was that. And so I, I love work- it. I, I just think it's funny when they're like there's a, those are all over Minnesota, like because Dairy Queens are everywhere. But yep. then there's Dairy Lands. I had a friend whose family owned the Dairy King. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I feel so bad for the wife in that family. Just like, yeah. we're not, we're buying a Dairy Queen, and we're naming it Dairy King, goddammit. I tell you what, the matriarchal rule on our society has gotten out of control. <laughs> they let women be lawyers, they let women be doctors, but I'll be damned if they're going to control the dairy for another day. Oh, I remember... <laughs> I think that guy was probably came to Dairyland once to check out how it worked to start his Dairy King. Okay. Because uh, it was all just beautiful girls from high school that I went to high school with that work there, right? I yeah, mean, he it ran it like a golf course. Absolutely unreal. People would come in just for the beauty, and then it was like, you know, greasy-faced dudes had to work the grill. That was me. <laughs> yep. And... Uh, and one time, somebody didn't show up for work, so I had to work the carport where they drive in. And I brought somebody's food out, and this guy goes, uh-uh, send one of them pretty girls out here with my food. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. 
because this is how <laughs> this is how the that black actually market was the gets Dairy that. King. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know, just absurd. I have my so, anyways, I have my Dairyland shirt from high school that does not fit, but I will be wearing it every time I use the griddle grill. And I bought those paper chef hats. I can't. I wait. just love the idea. Dairyland is it written across the chest? So it's, each, written, it's written over uh, cream. Yeah. Cream oh, tit. darn it. I, I wanted it to be full chest. So each one of your tits was mashing out the letter D. <laughs> it was just so then you and then you they're crinkled. And so yeah. you can just make out an A in my cleavage. Yeah, so, it so it just says, says dad. dad. <laughs> so anyways, um, I have pocket doors all over this cabin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are broke. And pocket doors have been on my list of things to do all summer. Mm-hmm. and uh my buddy shows up very funny comedian but also works in the elevator business and he comes in and he goes you have anything you want to do on a rainy day and i go well we could get after these pocket doors i go but you don't have to help me and he goes a pocket door is exactly the same as an elevator door then he fixed all the pocket doors while i played games with his family and took over his children <laughs> as their dad it was awesome it's a good switch yeah, it was a great switch. Now, he has two daughters okay. and uh, wonderful. Absolutely couldn't be better kids. His six-year-old is the greatest fisher person I've ever seen in my entire life. We got up today at five in the morning to go fishing with the sunrise. Mm-hmm. And she pulled up four different kinds of fish off my dock within two minutes really and she's that's got like, the magic touch yeah and she's using the same bait so we were all flabbergasted and then something happened today that sent me into a nap and i'll tell you what that is okay have you ever started thinking about something but then you your brain just it keeps rolling in different directions and you end up in a place that you had no idea it was possible to end up hundreds of times a day i'm sure so <laughs> The six-year-old had lucky you th- you charms. Think it, you, think it was, you think I just randomly wound up on the conversation of my dad burying me next to our pet dogs? <laughs> oh, that wasn't the first thing? No, you don't think that was, a, that was where that conversation started? Uh, I, I think where it started was salmon burgers. Yes. Where you're just like, all right, well, I'm going to kill her, bury her. She doesn't <laughs> get the dogs. I get the dogs. Call my dad. Um, I'll be damned if another one of these Dairy Queen bitches is getting married next to my dog. (laughs) So this little girl is having Lucky Charms, and she picks out all of the marshmallows, because that's what kids do, and it's just oats, like the gross part of the cereal is left. Okay. Well, when I was in kindergarten, I went to... uh, well, he became my friend because his mom watched me before school and after school. And we, we remain friends to this day. But his name's Matt Lang. And he teaches sociology up in uh, McGill in Montreal. And they call it the Harvard. We call it the Harvard of Canada. They call Harvard the McGill of the United States, of course. But Yes, classic. So smart dude. He'd walk into parties. where I didn't drink in high school. But he'd walk. At least I showed up with like a good attitude he'd walk in with yogurt and shit because he was always working out and so when he was five he pulled out all the marshmallows from the cereal but then ate the oats he didn't want the marshmallows in it he liked the other part of lucky charms what the fuck 
That makes yeah, no sense. That guy, that's a guy who's got a bunch of bodies buried next to his dogs right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. He was the first person to ever punch me in the stomach. We were playing catch in his yard. He walked up to me, hit me right in the stomach, and I go, what was that for? And he goes, I just wanted to f- know what it would feel like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, Dexter. Yeah, relax. I was just going to say, yeah, he, he's up in Canada because there's more property and hiding spots up there. Yeah. So then I started thinking, Matt and I skipped, with a couple other people, skipped kindergarten, mm-hmm. a day of kindergarten, and we went to this place called Grotto Par- Park where I live, and there's a giant otter, and we climbed the otter. Then I started thinking... So this is how you spiraled. Yep. Then I started thinking, why is there a giant otter? Oh, that's right. I live in Otter Tail County. Mm-hmm. Then I started thinking... Well, Otter Tail County got its name from Otter Tail Lake, which when you see it from above, the river looks like an otter tail, so the lake looks like an otter. Mm -hmm. Then I started thinking, how the hell did they do that before they had airplanes? How did they know that? (laughs) Then I started thinking, people used to, cartographers used to walk around with a paper and a pencil that they had to sharpen with their fucking beaver teeth that they stole. (laughs) And they would walk around 10 feet and then draw a line so they knew what everything looked like. That's insane to me. Then I started thinking, (laughs) now no one does that because everyone's like, Siri, can you make me some cereal? (laughs) And then I started thinking, I hope coronavirus gets us all. Because we're we're a waste of space on this beautiful planet. Then I took a nap because (laughs) I was like, hey, brain. I need to slow you down a little bit. Yeah, you went, you went real dark. It's time to give the old chad <laughs> yeah. dad brain a, a as, break. As soon as I'm considering telling my kids not to wear a mask to the supermarket, I go, maybe <laughs> just a couple, couple half hours sleep. Maybe a half hour, yeah. That's, I, you see, you did that just by thinking and you were able to recognize it. Uh, since we last saw each other's face, I twice embarrassed myself in front of medical professionals. Now, no one can see my face, but you'll notice there's no surprise on it whatsoever. Well, I think they heard that in your tone of voice right there. Sure. Surprised uh, they could hear it through the ice. Both <laughs> accusatory and critical. Sure. Um, the, so the, the first one, they're very different. The first one was very simple. It was my old physical therapist, the person I first started seeing when I had spine issues. Okay. Great guy. I, at some point, I have his cell phone number, right? Okay. So I, I take Kevin my dog on a walk and I'm working really hard on him understanding that the outdoors are for bathroom because he he, like he meanders (laughs) a lot right (laughs) I need him to understand that and so I've been using the treat method Uh, we're on our way back from our walk I check my cell phone I get a text as we round the corner okay to the house it's from my nephew Ethan I answer it I send something back when I slide it in my pocket I must have pocket dialed my old physical therapist I love it and it went to his voicemail and then i've in quarantine i've just started talking to kevin just round the clock i just (laughs) communicate with him and so i walked in the house and he didn't go to the bathroom and he knows when he gets back that's when he gets his treat yep and i just started going like i just started explaining to him that he didn't get a treat and uh so somewhere that physical therapist, if he was willing to listen to like 30 <laughs> seconds of silence, there's a message of me just going, nope, Kevin, you did not use the bathroom. No treats for you. Treats are for bathroom boys. I don't know why I said bathroom boys. It's a term I've been using to describe him as a good little bathroom boy. 
What is it? Sounds like a Greek tragedy. And then we went and found the bathroom boys. The good little bathroom boy. That sounds like something else the Dairy King's into. So <laughs> the uh, I just like the idea that somewhere my physical therapist sat down to dinner with his wife and was like, hey, do you remember that client of mine, that patient, Cy? She's like, yeah. She's like, I think he had a son named Kevin. And I think we need to call Child Protective Services. Because Kevin wasn't being a good little bathroom boy. <laughs> so that's embarrassment one. Not really a big deal. I'm probably never going to see that guy again. Whatever. Except for like the trial. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Except for except for the yeah except for the the uh, the trial. Yeah. And, yep. and probably for the sentencing. You know. <laughs> so the other one is a, a a bit more over the top. So Jenna woke up with a uh, the other day. Salmon day. breath. <laughs> I was just trying to guess. <laughs> Salmon breath. That's my guess. <laughs> so she woke up with. Now I can't think of anything else other than that horrid smell. <laughs> she wrote. She woke up in the like kind of the middle of the morning with like a stabbing pain in her lower abdomen. Right. Okay. It was really horrible at first, and then it kind of went away. But it, it was still kind of there throughout the early part of the day. So we both got a little worried about appendicitis because it was in the appendicitis range. Okay. So we're trying to figure out what we should do because with the coronavirus, you know, we obviously take appendicitis very seriously. But of with course. COVID, we're not like ready to rush off to the urgent care. Right. I don't right. know where urgent care falls on the power rankings of places to get COVID, but it's it's on there. Yeah. And I don't know where starting a podcast, telling everyone you hate your wife, and then your next story is about a stabbing pain when she wakes up, where that falls on the uh, prosecution list. <laughs> but I guess we'll see. So, I mean, dude, seriously, if you go, if you go to urgent care – during the coronavirus, you might as well just stop at any time fitness on the way home and lick the machines. Like, <laughs> it's over. Oh, so, my God. I just barfed up some ice. Could you hear it? So I will take her if we need to. But we're like, why, why don't you call the doctor? So she calls her doctor and the doctor goes, well, why don't we do a video visit and, and kind of go over it? And Jenna asks if I will sit in on the video visit. And I am through the moon. Because, <laughs> as you know, I love doctors. Sure. Not going to doctors, but mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with doctors. I, like, I, I feel like I should have been a doctor. I would have been very good at it. Nah, I love but you keep going. That's fine. I love the show Grey's Anatomy. I continue to plead with you to start a Grey's Anatomy watch podcast called Size Grey's Anatomy. I think it would be a huge hit. <laughs> so I love uh, I love. Uh, doctor. So I'm really excited to be a part of this. Side note, did I ever tell you about the uh, when I was really into like when I was considering quitting comedy because I'd become so obsessed with doctors? Uh, I started a fake Twitter account. <laughs> no, it was called the health doctors. And I was my original plan. Like I remember when I came <laughs> up with it, I was like, I'm going to just I'm never going to be a doctor. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to repurpose important health information and be like a real positive cog in the wheel for medical help. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did that for like three days. And then I was like, this isn't fun or funny at all. 
Right. And so I immediately transitioned the account to just me putting up quotes from doctors, like fictional doctors that I uh, created (laughs) and their fictional quotes. You know, I think think a, a lot of people actually stole that idea during COVID and started telling us what we needed and didn't need to do. They started making YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Hi, do you need a new car? Well, hit me up tomorrow because I do sell them. But today I need to tell you about coronavirus. <laughs> so, side note, I I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I have started a lot of fake Twitter accounts in my life. I did not know that. I have started zero. Oh, do I? I have started, I, I don't even know that I could put a number on it. And without fail, every single one of them that I start, I, there's a moment where I think, Sai, you are a motherfucking genius. And this is going to be a huge hit. And then I do it for like two weeks, and it's a flaming failure. Sure. And I never do it. I started one that was uh, for a f- I started the official Twitter account for a set of a fictional restaurant chain. Uh, like a steak <laughs> restaurant chain that blue-collar comedian Bill Engville owned, and the restaurants were called Here's Your Steak. <laughs> do you know that I Bill Engvall fired me? I, I do, and I love that. Do you um, want to go ahead and talk about it? I, I mean, kind of. So <laughs> he, Here's your chance. Yeah. Here's your last check. Um. <laughs> He, he had me to Appleton, Wisconsin one time to open for him, and uh, it was great. It was so fun. 3,000 people. Show went great. Then he goes, I, would, I want you to open for me. And I go, awesome. And we booked 60 dates. And this is when I'm, you know, I'm still featuring and just beginning to headline at this point. So you're so, poor. Yeah. So, and, and it's $1,500 every time to open. So that's $90,000 for these 60 dates. And I'm celebrating. Everything's going great. So the next one is in Branson, Missouri. (laughs) I drive down there. And I'm going to be there about an hour before the show. But what happens, there's a a pickup truck, a construction pickup truck, and then a Jeep in front of me. And we're driving. And a five-gallon bucket flies out of the the construction truck the Jeep behind it swerves to miss it and then fishtails and rolls into the ditch. So oh, I man. so I pull over and I run to the car or whatever and it's upside down and this guy's like, get my baby. And I'm like, what? There what? now we have a baby involved. So it's a it's a two it's a couple and then a baby's in the back. Oh. And I go, I go, turn the car off. And he goes, I can't reach, get my baby. And I go, hey, man, I will. And I have to crawl in kind of underneath him, turn the Jeep off. And then I go around. We can unlatch the baby. They crawl out. Everyone's fine. No big deal. Okay. But I wait for the highway patrol to get there so they will have like a corroborating. Uh, the information. Right. Yep. yep. No, the information. And so, uh, so I get there and it's like. I have to run from my car. I don't even go to the hotel. I, I've been driving all day from northern Minnesota down to, or maybe I lived in, doesn't matter, but I was driving from Minnesota all the way to Branson. And I finally get there and I run on stage and they're like, oh, 
uh, like his buddy that travels with him got his nice shirt on because then he was going to open. Yeah. And he was kind of disappointed. And I walked up and I used to do this joke and I like had to go right on stage. And I walked up. I used to do this joke about how uh, how Tiger Woods, everyone was mad that he cheated on his wife. Yes. But I, I was like, but that's what happened when you're the best at something. You have to have a certain kind of attitude. And so I do that joke. No one in the crowd likes it. I get heckled and I just go, oh, fuck you in the fucking face. Like I'm screaming at this guy. And as soon as I do, I hear like a ruffle to the side of me. I turn around. It's just Bill and his buddy not happy because, <laughs> you know, of course, I'm supposed to be clean. And I just yell specifically, especially Branson, where yeah. they go there. For, you had the chicken and waffles at Branson? <laughs> Hey, no are one, y'all going to see Grandma Ma perform? Yeah, no one cares about me or anything I have to say. No. And so as soon as I say the F word, I will say this. Bill Ingvall, two great things happened. He invited me back on his tour bus afterwards, and he goes, listen, you know, can't have you swearing, so this is going to be the end of the road, but I do want to – I like you, so please come on the bus, have a beer. He was really classy like that, okay. and I understand okay. where he was coming from. Then – I get home and I have to look at my wife at the time, right? I have to look her in the eye and go, I just lost $90,000. And she said, well, it probably wasn't going to be good for your career to open for someone else anyways. So this will be better. It opens up spots for you to have your own shows. And I was just like, what's happening right now? <laughs> That's an amazing response. I definitely I know. thought she was going to I thought what you were going to say is she looked at me in the face and said, "I'm going to go get my shovel and dig a hole next to the dog." <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay, so Twitter accounts. I interrupted you. Well, I know that was way worth the interruption. It wasn't going to get better from there. I that I <laughs> I started a Great Clips account for a for a Great Clips in uh, in St. Cloud, Minnesota, because I had a negative experience there. Of and course, they, did, you did. they they didn't have an official Twitter account, so I started one, said I was the official account, and then would just tweet horrible stuff like, "Hey, you don't like your haircut from us? Go fuck yourself." And yeah. I actually got a message from the corporate office, and I had to take it down. Oh, wh- when did that happen? A couple weeks ago? No. <laughs> Sick burn. Sick burn. I'm on fire today. Size got a bad size got bad hair. Terrible. Let me get my ice. Hold on. (laughs) Uh, There were some other ones, but none of them. None of them are important. The only one that's still up is the uh, the doctor's one. So, back to the (laughs) important story. I uh, get on the couch with Jenna. We get on with this doctor, and she is super cool. Right. And I'm engaging with her. The appointment's going well. And then to check appendicitis, they do this test where you like lift your leg and and you push on a spot at the same time. But Jenna can't do that by herself. So she asked if I would participate and I had to be calm. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I can help. I think I I think I probably am ready for this moment. Uh huh. And uh, it's like the the important quarterback just threw out his arm and the backup threw out his arm. And here comes Cy. (laughs) So. We run the test and, you know, she's fine. It's, it's not appendicitis. And we're talking and she goes, well, it's good to know. And uh, she says, great job to me. And I go, yeah, no, I, you know, I figured I'd be good at it. We're, we're joking. We're being funny. And then she calls me a natural and she was joking. <laughs> but no one has taken a joke 
more seriously to heart in a moment, I think ever, than me right there. I was like, I am a natural. I, I love you and I love doctors. <laughs> I'm so invested. And so, but the appointment's not over. So she's asking her all these other questions and I'm just on cloud nine. And now I think I've got this amazing rapport with this female doctor and uh, we get all through. And then she starts asking Jenna, she's like, do you have any tenderness, uh, any swelling or tenderness in your breasts at all? And uh, Jenna goes, well, actually they are a little tender. And she asks her, well, s specifically where? And Jenna starts pointing and I, <laughs> I, I was like, I, and I know I do this a lot, but I was like, well, this is uh, what a moment for me. I'm going to be so funny. And yeah. I go, Doc, if you need my help here, I could give her the old honka honka test. And I did the squeeze your hands together. Oh, honka, honka no. I don't know what the world record for someone losing respect, how fast respect has been lost for a person. But I own it now. She like her face dropped to like flat. <laughs> she didn't even respond to me. To the point where, like, I just, I don't even know what I muttered afterwards. I was like, no, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Like, I had, I was just, like, devastated. Oh, and, that's really incredible. And we go through the rest of this appointment. Now she's, like, not even looking at me. And that's not, it, it feels like that doesn't warrant it. I thought that was, like, an all right joke. It feels like her response is a little over the top. So she finishes it, and she goes, all right, well, if you have any other questions, uh, you know, just just feel free to reach out on my chart and, you know, you guys stay safe and sigh, you know, keep a close eye on her. And I, I just go, yeah, I don't have a job. <laughs> and I meant to say, like, I have the time to watch over her, but I just go, ah, yeah, I don't have a job. So oh, I, that's fascinating. it was it was fucking humiliating. Oh, man. I. You know, this might be, I've been waiting for this moment for a while. I've been trying to, I'm going to, can I tell you another story? That's can I tell you a story first? Sure. But well, here's it's the thing. It's about doctors. Okay. But here's the thing that I need you to know. I've been waiting to tell you a story for months and I haven't had the chance to organically segue into it. Okay. So just remember that I wanted to start it right now. Go ahead with your story. Well, I just want to tell you that I also have had the chance to be my own, be a doctor. Yeah. When my son was born and my daughter was born, I got to cut umbilical cords. Oh, yeah. And my son, obviously, he was here first. And so they said, would you like to cut the umbilical cord? And I said, uh, no, I would not. I failed out of community college. And I just started like telling him all this personal stuff of why I think I'm a failure. <laughs> and they go, it's well, just we'll just do scissors, it. man. Yeah. Like, just do it right here. And I go, well, what if I get it too low? Because my dad must have done mine because I have a huge belly button. Like, <laughs> skin probably had to grow back together. It's because to make somebody, sure right before you walked in there, somebody must have hinted to your dad that someday belly button length is going to be worth a lot. <laughs> well, then I'm going to cut it long. <laughs> then the doctor goes, well, how, how did your dad, where'd your dad go to school? And I said, also failed out of a community college. So there's no <laughs> chance I want to do this. And then I did it, and it felt awesome. I want to be the umbilical cord cutter all oh, the time. Yeah. It was it kind of like the was it kind of like the Papa Zit feeling? No, it's more of a. Have you ever cut uh, chicken with scissors? Oh, so it's like a toughness, but when you get it, through yeah, it, it's like a really satisfying Yeah, but once it gets moving, release. it gets moving. I started looking around for other babies. I was like, all right, who's next? <laughs> uh, and then another time, I was uh, I was having problems with my knee, and so I had to have a cortisone shot. And I go, does it hurt? And the guy goes, no, no, no. There'll be a little pinch. Well, this motherfucker 
must have br- he brought it from the back of my leg and he must have brought it all the way to the kneecap from the because it was way more than a pinch and he was bald and I was up on the table and he was kneeling and I slapped him right on top of the head super hard <laughs> and after the appointment I go hey uh you know sorry about your head and he leaned down and there was my palm print three f- or three fingers on the top of his head it was awesome <laughs> that's really funny but all I've been able to think about since you started the umbilical cord story is how funny of a thing Isaac gets to do if he wants to like if anyone ever asks him about his family Isaac gets to say the sentence yeah well I come from a long line of community college dropouts (laughs) (laughs) that's true it's very funny uh all right now all right now it's, not gonna be a, now it's not going to be a seamless transition. Basically, I was going to use care. some transition about pretending, you know, because I was talking about pretending to be a doctor. Sure. You know me. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big pretender. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I lie about what I do for a living constantly. If, it's, yep. if I meet a new person, it's constant. It's almost always doctor. Almost always Every once in a while, I like to say I'm like if I'm on a plane and somebody asks, mm-hmm. I'll tell them that I'm the head of research for some big like pharmaceutical company. And then I'll just start making up shit about the, the test yeah. that I'm working on. I just that's love it. dangerous. That's dangerous. I- and that's how people get elected. Let me tell you this <laughs> before my tell the truth thing. I no longer um, lie about my occupation, but I used to tell people that I was a meteorologist and I was oh, traveling to go um, go talk to a fire department about forest fires and how they know when the wind is going to shift and everything, kind of teach them that stuff. And then That's one great. time, and I was, I can't remember where, somewhere on the East Coast, and they go, where'd you go to school? And I go, University of North Dakota, because they have an, uh, you know, you pilot school there and yep. meteorology. Yep. And so they go, no way, did you have such and such as a professor? And I was like, oh, uh-oh. No. I just... I just walked into this and immediately I go, hold on, I have to take a call. But we were in the <laughs> air and I just put my headphones on. Because <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doubling down on this. It's ridiculous. The, that's, I think it's, an, you know, everybody talks about, like, always ask you, isn't it great as a comic to travel? Isn't it great to get the rewards of, a, you know, the reaction of crowds? Like, we never talk about how fun it is to lie to people on plane. I think every comedian does it. Every comedian so. has their lie about their, their career that they have. I think some of them do it for fun, and the other ones do it because they just want to say the thing that their parents actually wish they were. Right. Yep, so that makes sense. The, this is a story about pretending. And I, I wanted, do you remember when you told the story about thinking you saw Tony Shalhoub in a yes. Target? Yes. So I, you and I both love the television show Monk, and I have a great Monk story, and I wanted to say it on that episode, but that episode just took on its own agenda. You know, episodes do sure. that. You might say like, oh, hey, I could tell the story, and then it goes a certain way. Yeah. So, and then the next week, there was a couple things that happened that I, I couldn't like, hey, do you remember your Tony Shalhoub story from next week? Let me tell you a monk story. Right. And then it got too far that I was like, we're, we're a month and a half later. I'm like, you remember when you talked about Shalhoub? And then I made this decision. I'm, I go, I'm going to keep that story. And if I ever find an organic place for it, 
I'm going to put it there. And, and then I uh, ruined it today. And now I've ruined it by explaining this. <laughs> so when I was a road feature, like you were in the Bill Engvall story. When drive, I was a road feature. Long before I became the Dairy King, I would, much like you, we would travel the country for $300 a week. Three, yeah. $400 a week. And yeah, that sounds right. I had I had this rule if I would ever stay in a hotel that had any sort of conference in it like it's the Ohio <laughs> Insurance Conference <laughs> I don't even know what's happening but I already love it my one of my best friends in the world Christian uh he tried to get in to they had the Chinese consulate it was like a fucking rush hour 5 yeah, they had the Chinese consulate a wedding of his daughter, and he tried to get in because he knows how to speak a bunch of different languages, and uh, he like kung fu, and he traveled over there to fight the masters and stuff, and he almost got in, and then security just closed a wall. He thought there were two security guards. There were about I don't know ten thousand. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> well, I just. What I would do is I would just find out what the conference was. And because you're making three, four hundred dollars a week, I right. would make up a backstory in case anybody asked me and I would go eat at the conference. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, sorry. I forgot my badge. Yeah, no, Yeah. I work up in Cleveland. I was just a, a liar. Right. And I would get a free meal. Mm -hmm. And so I was down in North Carolina. I was staying in North Carolina. And this is, you remember when you would go on the road and you would work a week and then you'd have three days off and you'd work another week. So you'd just stay out on the road. Yep. So I'm not working a week. I'm just staying a couple of days in North Carolina and the hotel I'm at, and I'm going to butcher what it was called, but they were having, they're having some sort of conference, but it was the like investigative and securities conference. It was basically a combination of people who did private investigation and who also <laughs> ran like security details and security systems. Yep. And they had a, there was a luncheon going on on the second day that I was there. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go get my sandwiches. So I went down and normally when you do that, these things are so sparsely and weirdly attended. There's always a place to sit alone. Well, this place did not. Had, every table was pretty much full. <laughs> so I sit down at a table, and I sit there with a woman and two guys. And they're all like 40-plus. And okay. we all get to talking, and the woman is a um, – she's like she runs a company. Her and her husband run a company that basically – they you from them you can hire private security details for ceos and i guess maybe celebrities sure uh, and then the brothers and i'd never heard about this before the brothers were two guys who did like private investigations specifically for defense attorneys okay so when 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 it was really interesting when a defense attorney is preparing for a trial they will work as basically detectives right. to try to follow all the leads and, and present any other evidence. Wow. So it's super interesting. Yeah. And then they ask me what I do. And <laughs> I have a very mundane answer. I just go, I'm I you know, I'm from Billings, Montana, which was a stretch because these they were the woman was from Atlanta and they were okay. from like South Carolina. So I don't know why I said Billings. We used to travel there as a kid and I just sure. I like Montana. 
But I was like, I'm from Billings, Montana. And then also it felt not checkable. Like they weren't going to call anyone. <laughs> There's still paper files there. Yeah. I was Nothing like, I'm, on a, the I'm internet. a, yeah, yeah. They, I'm, I'm going to, I'm a private investigator from Billings and I work, uh, I work just, you know, on contract as a, as a, as a contractor for the police department from time to time. Sure. And they uh, are, are super interested. And then here's where these are people who work and live in this world. I'm assuming right. that they all like the TV show Monk or at the very least <laughs> have heard of the TV show Monk. So I didn't say this to lie to them. I just was doing a joke because I do have OCD. Obviously, we know that right. I have yep. pretty wicked OCD. Um, is that a medical term? Yes. Wicked. Yeah. In Boston, it is. Yes. In so, Boston general, it's wicked OCD. So I tell them, I go, uh, but, you know, honestly, the interesting thing is my job is can be really difficult at times because I, I've been diagnosed with, with OCD. And I thought immediately they'd be like, oh, yeah, I like Monk. And then, and then I don't have to, like, let them dig into my backstory anymore. Now we'll just talk about how great the TV show Monk is. They, yep. None of them had any clue. They were all so fascinated by a private investigator who has OCD that I just like, because here's the other thing. So when I discovered I had OCD, I was 19 years old. And for the first couple years, it was pretty intense. And I I wasn't going to therapy for it. And it's really kind of lonely. And I don't mean to be sappy or weird, but I remember when I first saw the TV show Monk, yeah. Even though it was a fictional character, that was the first time I'd ever seen any other human being that was experiencing what I was experiencing. Yep. And I fucking loved that show so much. I'd seen every episode so many times. So <laughs> when these guys bought into the fact that that I was a detective with OCD, dude, I just, Chad, I just started telling them plot lines from episodes <laughs> i knew yes oh that's amazing we sat there for a while they were all super interested the two brothers invited me for drinks later and i was like i'll see you there and i never went <laughs> but i love i love the idea that i mean by this point all of them have to know who or what the tv show monk is so either when they first found out what it was they either ha- they had one of two reactions it was either like that guy lied to me. That was really funny. He's a really funny person. He wanted a free meal. He's very funny. Or they're like, Terry, get in here. You remember that OCD detective I met in North Carolina? They made a show about him. I met the inspiration <laughs> for Mr. Monk. Oh, man. So if there's any uh, young comedians listening that are going to go back on the road, you're talking about ways to cheat the system when you're on the road. I used to have a hotel key from every hotel chain and I would go eat breakfast there because they had continental breakfast and I would just hold up my key if they asked and that was it. So I'd always get free breakfast. Super smart, super easy. But the big one was anytime there were two shows and and it was like in one of those big malls or lifestyle centers, they call them the big outdoor malls. Yeah. I would go to a very busy restaurant right after I got off stage and I would go wait in line for one of those vibrating beeper things. And then I would sell it to a family in the back of the line when it went off. Oh, that's really smart. Well, thank you. I'm, I might start doing that the moment, just like 
as extra income the moment my daily life opens. <laughs> I in college I did real well writing big chain restaurants, like big restaurant chains, saying that I had a shitty experience at their at their restaurant. Dude, if oh. you write Olive Garden and you're like, Hey, I went to an Olive Garden and the breadsticks were cold and the waitress Jacob was like a huge asshole, they'll just send you like sixty bucks in gift certificates. It's and I know that makes us trash, but also try living on three hundred dollars a week. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm surprised Olive Garden was didn't just send you a note back that said, Yeah, no shit they were cold. <laughs> Jake's our Jake's our best employee. <laughs> I, all right, we could let's let's end the show, but before we go, uh I just I grab well, you were uh telling uh how you scammed hotels. I mm-hmm. hopped onto my Twitter. Uh, and I found my old health doctor's account. Yes. So I'll give you my five favorites here. Uh, the first one is, now that's what I call holistic medicine, Dr. Thomas Proctology. So starting out with a simple <laughs> simple finger-in-the-butt pun that's very, very easy. Uh, the next one is, I'm just going to need you to trust me on this. Your dog's penis has arthritis. Dr. John, celebrity animal physician. <laughs> I like this one a lot. Stem cell research, more like stem going to hell research, Dr. Father O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> this will be this next one is going to be really on brand with the episode today. If you have a pitchfork stabbed through your thigh, you might be a redneck, Dr. Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> and this last one is I'm convinced the only good joke I've written in my entire comedy career. I didn't kill my wife, Dr. Richard Kimball. <laughs> <laughs> There's a man without a hand. I gotta go. Damn it. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.